This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, everyone. If you're with us live, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to be talking tonight regarding the disappointing uh, defeat, having the final word on that defeat to Brentford. We'll also be touching base a little bit on uh, Wolves women going out of the FA Cup or what a performance they put in. Uh, we will, of course, have a, the quiz at the end and we'll be chewing the fat with everything else in between. Before I get started, I do want to say, as always, a massive big thank you to Creation Wolf, local digital company of Power Extra Time. They uh, they deliver the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions. So if you've got a company or a brand, they'll take your online presence and digital capability to the next level. You can find them on www.creationwolf.com. Link is in the description uh, below. And yes... We're going to get stuck in. We've got some great guests tonight. We're doing it in one take tonight. There's no second half. So before we get started, we have, by popular demand, coming back today, we have Chelsea. How are you doing? Hello, Dave. You okay? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Chelsea, uh, first of all, great to have you back uh, again. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight. Much appreciated. Good to see you as well. And also, I want to say what a fantastic job you did standing in for me on the United stand uh, the other day. Um, they only have over 1.6 million subscribers, and uh, you did it live. You did it. You did. You did. Uh, Always Wolves. Very, very proud. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It was lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. We've also got returning to tonight one of our young guns. It is Lucas. How you doing, mate? Thank you, Dave. Yeah, great to have you back. How's, how's your uh, how's your weekend been? It's gone all right. Uh, just disappointed it was on Saturday, but everything has gone okay. How about you? Yeah, exactly the same, mate. We're going to get stuck into that, I'm sure. And we have the Lord himself, who's made a return. <laughs> Looking around, if you're watching it on uh, live on YouTube or watching it back on YouTube, or if you're listening to it on the podcast when we put it out, it is, of course, Lord Jason Guy wearing one of the most uh, 
Marmite kits you could ever ask for. I, I never really quite took to that kit. I've got to be honest. Do you know it's what, like Dave? I, I like this, and uh, I bought it off eBay the other day. I got it for forty quid, and I'm well pleased with it because I couldn't. Get, well, I didn't get one when they first come out, and you're quite right. There was marmite, but I, I quite like it, and I think it fits my felt physique lovely. You want to just for, for for those of you that are, those that aren't watching live and listening to the podcast, can you describe the actual which kit it is? It's the one that looks like the sky. It's got the white arms and it's got the blue and white, the Adidas one, with the big thick blue collar. It looks like it looks to me it's like that kit was designed in bits. It's like about three kits, like the, the yeah, top it, of one kit and another bottom of another kit stuck there, on it. There is that. I'd have preferred all this all over it to be fair. But if you yeah. want me, I can if you want me to, I can take it off and do it bare chested. It's your call. No, we'll. I think we'll pass that because we. What we don't want to do is scare all those that are watching live away. And you know, <laughs> there's a, we yeah, there's a watershed. We haven't passed nine o'clock yet, so we, we we have to be careful, don't we? Um, Carl's saying Lucas has some background noise. I'm just going to see whether I can uh, again go on and sort that out. Uh, ultimately, reduce my background noise. So I've just set that on for you now. So, Carl, let us know if uh, that has helped. Um, we've got Leo here, um, who is saying good morning to all of us. And it is like after eight o'clock from Australia. Good morning. Does it not <laughs> good amaze day, you? Mate. Good day, good day. Does it not amaze you when we do these things that you, you have people watching Brilliant. from all over the world live? So what we want Brilliant. to, uh, so what I want to do, guys, in the chat, if you're here live, First of all, smash a like on the video whilst we're live. Let YouTube know that you're enjoying it. Enjoy it, enjoying it, enjoying it. Look, I even got a little. I even got a thumbs up then when it came up. Uh, but secondly, let us know where in the world you're watching tonight. Right before we get any get on further, we do need to say, and I do want to say a massive, big well done to Maka and all the girls from the Wolves Women team because we, we I, I went yesterday and they held a, a, a WS like a full time full a full time WSL side in Brighton it was 1-1 going into the 80th minute after coming from a goal behind an incredible effort uh they got a late goal Wolves then pushed forward to try and get the equaliser and they got stung a couple of times at, at the end but like I'm sure everyone here uh, would certainly like, and Maka came on last week, would certainly like to say how proud we are of them. And is that correct, guys? It's a move in the right direction for them. They should be really proud of themselves. Absolutely. Lucas? Yeah, I haven't watched the Walter in a lot this season, but I watched yesterday or listened. It sounded so interesting and not created that they did so well against their um, WSL squad. And uh, Jason? Brilliant, Dave. I mean, you can see the traction now that it's all getting on social media. I interviewed Daniel McMara, uh, McNamara, sorry, uh, probably about 18 months ago. And the commitment he puts into that job is fantastic. So I just hope they go from strength to strength. There's so many people putting so much time and effort into it. I just hope, though, that the club back it financially because it really does need it now to take it to the next level. They do. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to actually watch last week's episode, uh, guys, but Maka did come on and was talked about the uh, the financial um, th 
thing from uh, from the back in and what he said was that they get a lot from the club in terms of the facilities and you know what they can do and you know as they move through the levels as long as the uh, the ambition matches his he will continue to uh, to lead the team so it was quite an interesting it's if you've not watched last week's extra time he was on very early it's worth watching that it's about a 20 minute segment and he talks very openly about uh, the financial side of the of the uh, the women's game um and I will also mention because he did I did interview interview Macca straight after the game they do have another big match uh next Sunday against the West Birmingham Baggy Birds for a place in the county cup final so uh oh. try and get try and get to that if you can Chelsea moving on to the game against Brentford yes we were all the week before so happy I mean, such a happy pattern. Sooty was happy, cheerful. Chris was kind of cheerful, you know. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it's so Wolves, isn't it? We play Brentford and we go and lose 2-0 to Brentford. I mean, how do you sum that up? I think the game, it, one could be just fatigue of playing the same team over and over again. It felt like for nearly a month straight. And I think we're going to know the team inside and out. Both teams are. But I think for Wolves, they had a really slow start and it didn't help them at all. And it allowed Brentford to feel like they could try and get on the front foot. And I think losing Cunha was a massive disappointment for the team. Once he came off, you could see the impact that he had, not just offensively, but defensively as well. And I think we really missed him in the game. And I think Brentford just had us on the night and scored at the right times and... Wolves just weren't as fast as they should have been off the block compared to what they were to Chelsea. But if you go back to the Manchester United game, Wolves were slow out of the blocks again at home. And I think it's we're not being as fast as we should be at the start. I think setting the tone and I think that would have set us up much better. And it was one of those performances where you're kind of waiting for a poor performance to come up, but we weren't really ready for it. And hopefully we can just move on from this one. And just yeah, move forward for a much better type, um, game next. Absolutely. I mean, Jason, uh, Chelsea does hit on a uh, a very significant point in that, although we're having a great season and we're, we're really happy with where we are, and yep. you know, thirty two points and it's great, and we've seen goals and football and stuff. There seems to this be this Achilles heel um, that keeps recurring and that is slow starts conceding the first goal and it's it's yeah. come back again that is a worry dave and uh, losing Cunha early uh, what chelsea alluded to is quite right because he's a key member and we've seen he's a player who's in real form at the minute so to lose him at the stage we did obviously did have a bearing on the game um i don't think we played that badly and you know there's there's I put a similar comment on Twitter and, you know, got the, the usuals. Oh, we were crap. We were shit. He was watching a different game. But I've looked at these stats tonight for the first time. We had 72% possession as opposed to Brentford's 28%. And we had 651 passes in comparison to their 272. Now, that shows, obviously, we dominated the game in periods. If you look in the middle of the park, we was passing the ball well we was moving well but I think what let us down was the de defensive third 
and also the attacking third as well. I think that's where we lost the game, really. I think we were sloppy at the back. And I don't think we was decisive in the final third as, as we should have been. Um, you know, like I said, percentage-wise, it speaks for itself, really. But goals win games. And we got let down by, well, we got let down by two sucker punches, really, on the basis that I think the first one, especially, was against the runner play. But then it was always going to be a difficult game to come back you into. Think, when you you go actually with... think it was against the runner play, the first half? Yeah. I mean, yeah, to I be do. honest, no, no, I mean, listen. go on. Sorry, Dave. People have said to me, oh, uh, Brentford could have had four. Well, they didn't. They didn't well, have Wolves goals, could have had, Wolves could have had six, but we didn't. Yeah. Listen, listen, it was going both ways. Uh, admittedly, Brentford probably had more. They, they, they look better in front of goal, I'll put it that way, right? And they certainly look better than Wolves in front of goal. But I think Wolves, we've seen the possession. We was controlling that game in the midfield, but we was very, very sloppy at the back. Um, and I think that let us down massively. And as soon as Brentford went the goal ahead, what did they do? They played the usual games, the time-wasting, the game management was was pretty, you know, it was very good to be fair because they saw out the game and then scored that goal, Ivan Tony, And they only scored that because Ivan Tony had eight to one on himself to score. Um, but, but Dave, it's just one of them days. We're 11th in the league. We've just beat Chelsea. This is oh, what annoys me. in the league. The 10th or 11th. We beat okay. Chelsea, right? Yeah. And we didn't just beat Chelsea, we battered Chelsea. We are 11th okay. now, yeah. Yeah, we're 11th. So, uh, Chelsea beat, 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 beat Albion. I know Albion aren't, aren't much of an opposition, but we still beat, you can only beat what's in front of you. We beat Albion, we beat Chelsea. And then I've got people seeing them online saying, Oh, I'm not too sure about Gary O'Neill. And then I've got, I've been arguing with this idiot who's going faust and out, faust and out, faust and out. Clearly, he doesn't understand how FFP works. And I said, Who's going to buy us then? Where's this billionaire that's growing on trees who's just going to fork out loads of money? Oh, there's always someone to buy us. Do you know what? They don't know they're born. I think we're having a good season. If you'd, have, if we, you know, the start of the season, if we'd have said, come the middle of the end of February, we're going to be eleventh in the league and still in the cup. Dave, we'd have took their hands off. So, I do agree with you, of course, on all of this, and I, you know, I'm yeah. super positive but, about. But what, Dave? But what? But there is a but, and I'm going to go to Lucas to give it get his his opinion on this, because this is a really good, interesting debate. Absolutely, from where we are in the summer, for me, if we finish if we finish above 13th and we have a good cup run from everyone writing us off, that's real progress. And being able to not really invest in the team, that's massive progress and a stepping stone to, to great things. I think we're seeing a team that's, that's united, that wants to play for each other. I think we've seen a team that likes each other as well now, um, that they're not batting against each other, that they're buying into what the ma the manager says and all of that, I'm, I'm totally thinking. But like, Sutty would come on here and he would probably say, well, you know, we're in this sort of position. We should, why can't we get Europe? And whether, whether or not we think that's a good or a bad thing for this season, we are within a shooting distance. And, and to be honest, Wolves have shown on form uh, recently, our form since the, the turn of the year, it's sort of top four at form anyway. But to be to really be a top sort of seven, six, seven team, you've got to put Brentford to, to bed. And yeah, I, 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 do, I will disagree with you on one point. When you say that the goal that Brentford scored in the first goal was against... The, the, the second goal was against the run of play. The first goal, it was coming. 
it was coming for a very, very long time. We got lucky it that probably they was coming down, but it could have gone either way at that point. The game could have done the way we was controlling the possession in midfield. It could have gone either way. I understand that. That you know, I get what you're saying. I didn't. I don't think we had any control of the game for the first 15 minutes. We started to get back into the game. We never got out of our own half for the first 10 minutes. It was one-way traffic, and this is the thing that. Chelsea alludes to, and I think it's a problem, is that so many times we're starting too slow. When we yeah. go at teams, like when we went, we've seen the opening match of the season against United, we set the tone for the game. Brentford set the tone for the game, mm -hmm. and we fell into that trap, and they scored. And Saar, as much as he's a great shot, such stopper, and he's a, I think he's a fantastic keeper, and I love him, his ball distribution... At times, at certain games, as poor he's, he's really played us into trouble a couple of times. How is he not claiming the ball for the corner when it's that dropping corner. into the middle of the six-yard box for the goal? What did Dave, Dawson that's do? That's a free header, Dave. If you'd have conceded that goal in Sunday League in a school football match, you'd be going crazy. He basically right? just fell on his head and dropped in the goal. Well, under nines and under tens, under nines and under tens, you'd be going nuts, Dave, and that shouldn't be happening at this level. Exactly. And this is the frustration we we had. And I'm, Lucas, I'm going to come to you in just 30 seconds time. We had the best record against set pieces in the league up until three games ago. And in three games in a row, we've conceded a goal from a corner against yeah. United. We conceded a goal from a corner against Chelsea and the worst goal from a corner against Brentford. And you give Brentford a one-goal lead, you know, when they're they're going to just use the dark arts. And, yeah, we, I agree on the balance of play and possession and shots. You know, we had a goal disallowed by a toenail. Had that gone in, it could have been a different case. We yeah. played brilliant in the second half. We played brilliant in the second half against um against Manchester United but we've got to start these games better it's 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 no good giving any a team in any team in this division a goal start and thinking we'll give you a goal start but that's okay we're going to we're going to win you, sooner or later we're not going to score at home and unfortunately we didn't lucas you've heard what uh, jason said a great punditry as as always from jason you've heard what chelsea said What's your take on, on, on what Jason's had to say? Do you think it was against the runner play or do you think it was coming at that start? Do you agree with Chelsea about the starts to games? Is it a problem? I just think um, because we beat that in Chelsea that we just thought it'd be another easy game and we beat them 4-1 uh, before Christmas and beat them. So we probably thought that we beat them so many times, let's try beat them again. Uh, we'll sit back and just catch them, but they've done Brentford copied us. They've caught us on a break, got a corner and scored from the corner that Jose should have caught. But and Dawson with four defending, he should have been closer with him. He just laid past him. And um, if um, they had just come from the corner, um, I mean, do you find it a little bit disappointing? in terms of the way we've conceded both goals, because the the first goal, I mean, Gary O'Neill was very calm about it, um, to be honest, was absolutely appalling that, you know, the, the, the defending for that, like Jason said, it's like Sunday league, under 10s. That I can't understand how we've conceded that goal because that should not happen. It's, it, it, the guy's just, it's, 
it's how you can not defend that when it's in the middle. What SARS on his line? Why isn't he taking command and, and controlling it? What I, I just don't understand why all of a sudden we're conceding goals from corners and we're vulnerable from set pieces when we've been so good on it. And um, the Kuna situation with him going on, Wang, obviously, you know, he picks up an injury. You know, we miss Kuna, but we've still got enough firepower on the bench there. Do you think he should have changed and brought on Nathan Fraser sooner than Bellegarde? Because Nathan, we haven't, he's our only real number nine. Bellegarde's not really. We had three small players on the pitch. He brings Fraser on at half-time. We have a much better second half. You know, what's your thoughts on that? I'm a huge fan of Nathan Fraser. When I saw um, Quinny go down, I was expecting him to bring on um, Nathan Fraser instead of Belgard because, in my opinion, um, Belgard isn't suited at striker. I think he's better um, in centre mid when Neto's with him. So I remember one game that sticks out to me is Liverpool, where we lost 3 1, and Belgard's debut. And them two just linking up. One was uh, Belgard was always overlapping um, Neto. So I think if we needed a strike, it should have been um, Nathan Fraser instead of Belgard. I just don't think I see um, Belgard as a striker. And is there any criticism from from you in the fact that you know we've only got Nathan Fraser? We were talking about if an injury happens to Kuna or thing like that. Is there any criticism there, or do you just think you know? We've got enough in the tank for this year, so it's a good opportunity for Fraser. He didn't let anyone down. I thought he played quite well when he came on. He he put in a shift. He can hold the ball up. He was, you know, he's got a fair bit of quality as well. He was, you know, winning the ball. He was holding it up. For a young lad, he did as good as what he could. He didn't, you know, I mean, we've still got him, but, like, we have got a small squad, haven't we? Yeah, I think uh, it didn't help with um, Sasta and Paulio both wanting game time over Cunha. I think if they evened it out um, with uh, Gary liking Fabio, Sasa and Cunha, I think it would have been perfect. But now we've lost Fabio and Sasa. Um, we've now just gone the one striker and Nathan Fraser, so it's a bit hard to decide. But we know that uh, when Wang's back, we've got some more support up front. But um, it's... Just, I understand because of FFP, but it's we just need to find a striker that can put the ball in the back of the net. Absolutely. And Chelsea, uh, you've heard what Jason's points and stuff like that, which which are very, very good points. Obviously, what we do need to do, we do, you know, you, we, there are fans that will have a meltdown, um, as Jason refers to. <laughs> you lose a game at home. And like the world's falling in, it's the the world's ending. The manager's not good enough. Da da da. You've only got to lose one game or have a bad performance. What we have to put into context, it was wasn't our best performance. I do agree with Jason to a point. I thought we did. You can't say they didn't have a lack of effort. And I think mm-hmm. we did show a fair bit of quality. And you know, for a, for about a thirty minute period in the second half, we absolutely pummeled them. And then we made one mistake and, you know, that's that's football. We see it happen all the time. You don't take your chances. You don't put the ball in the net. Eventually, that team's going to get upfield. If you make a mistake in the Premier League, you're going to get punished. And if the ball comes to Ivan Tony, you can bet your bottom dollar. Like Jason said, he's going he's gonna to finish. He's a quality striker and, you know, he will be playing in a, a much bigger team than Brentford next year. But, like, to put things into context, you know, we're sixth in the form table 
uh, recently. It is a bad result, but you could have predicted it. As much as you could predict Wolves going and beating Chelsea after 44 years at Stamford Bridge, you could have probably predicted, in fact, Emma did, that we'll probably go and do, do a Wolves and lose to Brentford at home because that's what Wolves do. And you know what? We'll probably go to Tottenham at the weekend and we'll probably beat them because that's probably what Wolves will do. But consistency is such a big key. Um, so we have to put things into constant. I mean, you, we didn't get to talk to you about the Chelsea uh, win last year, but like the, the form of Wolves over the last month, two months, like it's said there, the form is on, on the whole much better and entertaining. I think overall, I think like two points is one, football fans are fickle most of the time. They're really happy when it's going positive. You have one bad game and everyone kind of has a breakdown sometimes. And I say that in a joking way. And I think the Brentford game was just one of those where there are obvious things that we could slightly change and do better. We know we could have a quicker start. We know that even if you have 80% possession, it's what you do with it. If you've only got possession in the middle of the park and you're not scoring, our ability in the final third, our final touch in the final third weren't there. And there's something that we need to focus on. And it, that doesn't mean that we're criticising the whole month, but there's areas for us to improve. And that was a massive area. Neto, the last time he was playing, he was so positive, but his distribution at the end, it wasn't where it should be. And I think without Cunha, that had a massive impact on the team because Cunha is quite clinical, I would say. Um, but with the Chelsea game, I think Wolves demonstrated what makes them a fantastic team when they're on it from the start. They were really positive and they went for it. And I think Wolves just need to keep that mentality for every game, especially home matches. That Manchester United game shocked me because I know that if Wolves had started on the front foot, we would have had a different game. And we gave Man United, in my opinion, confidence that they didn't have before the game because we allowed them to feel like they had control. But I think for Wolves, we should be really proud of how they've done, especially since Christmas. They've had a massive step forward. They've played really important games in the FA Cup. They've had big teams. They've got Chelsea twice. They've had Manchester United. They've got Spurs. They've got big games constantly. And... I don't mean any disrespect for Brentford, but maybe that game, they just went off the gas a little bit because they've had such heightened games over the last couple of weeks. And I think maybe that had an impact. But yeah, for possession, I think having 80% possession doesn't mean you control the game. Because if you're not scoring and you're not clinical, you don't control the game, in my opinion. I think Lamina and Gomez were great in the middle at doing those interceptions, stopping Brentford from moving forward. But it's what you do with that possession. And that's something that we can improve on. Well said. Absolutely well yeah. said. Um, Jason, back to you. No, great points. And, and it's right. You know, I, I was harboring on the 72-28 possession. But you're quite right. You know, it's, it's goals that win games. And Chelsea is spot on in as much as they seemed with their possession to do a lot more than we did. You know, it's passing the ball a lot from side to side and keeping possession and retaining possession. But if we're not moving forward. The other thing is, I think what we do lack, and this is why... I am keen to see how Nathan Fraser develops, being as he's got a big stature, etc. Is we are lacking a focal point in the box. Now, I know Cunha against Chelsea, um, he was on fire. Obviously, one was a penalty. Is he a typical number nine centre forward? No, I don't think he is. What we're trying to do, 
Absolutely. So what we're trying to do, you can see now, we are getting more and more crosses into the box. But we do need a focal point now. And I think we are missing a target man. And I said, although Jota wasn't that sort of player, we've, we've still, to this day, never really replaced that goal-scoring centre-forward. And it's yes, it's what every club wants. But now more than ever, because with the pace of Neto and the, the, the balls we are putting into the box, I just think we need someone desperately on the end of it. And this is why I'm hoping it could be Nathan Fraser. And we should be giving the youth a chance. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, Lucas, you, you said you're a big fan of Nathan. Can you explain to us why? He just brings something to the game. Um, like yesterday, the game was so flat until the second half. But when Nathan Fraser come on, he was just getting the ball and passing it onto the wings. That's what a player should do. Win the ball back, pass it to the wings and make the run into the box, which Nathan Fraser was. I remember once, um, I think it was Neto passed it back to him, but Neto did put too much power on Went under his legs, um, but he's getting there. So I think if he gets more game time, he'll be getting to the point where he's like understanding that Wolves need the number nine striker and um, that we need to score goals. And I think he does understand that we need to score goals, but I think he just needs that more game time, especially with uh, Santi Bueno as well. If them two have game time, I think they'll be excellent. Yeah, Santi Bueno, you're talking about the centre back, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason, I want to go back to you on that one. Santiago Bueno, he's come in in, in a bit. Dawson, yeah. we know that, um, and I'm going to then come to you, Chelsea, going to switch it around the other way. Um, Tottenham at the weekend, they have so much pace up front. Dawson, great player, didn't have a great game. Is there an argument uh, for switching Dawson out and bringing Santiago Bueno in um, into the centre of defence against Tottenham? For me, none whatsoever. On the basis that um, Craig Dawson, his experience in a game like against Spurs away, uh, big stadium, big game, I, I, I can't see past Dawson and Kelman. I think Kelman's looking a much better player alongside Dawson. So I think Kelman and Bueno... Santiago Bueno not having the you know real experience in the Premier League at this stage, I think putting him out against Spurs would have been a big ask. If there was a game, we should have played Santiago Bueno. He Redford. should have been probably probably this Saturday. Yeah, so I certainly wouldn't be dropping Dawson because <clears throat> if you start dropping players after one bad game day, you're going to be changing three or four players every game, you know, or, or at least two or three. I, I, I listen, and also when he when he got the goal, when he gets forward, he's also very very dangerous at getting forward on set pieces. So I well, he did score that goal. I mean, I know he popped he up for the, uh, for I the mean, second yeah, goal. This when he is was what there. winds me up because when we played against West Brom, there was no VAR. None of us were questioning any decisions. The game flowed nicely, and then obviously we play against Brentford. Stop start. Um, we we that goal. I mean, we all thought it was a goal. We was all celebrating. And once again, he's been done by a toe now, and you just think it's just ruining the game. And they're on about, don't start me on this blue card crap. Oh, well, right, I, was gonna, I was going to, I was going to, I'll just do a, a, a link there. I mean, I'm taking it that you're a, you're a big advocate for the blue card. Any, any Anybody worth their salt that knows about football has already come out and said in the media that how it's going to affect the game for the world. Why keep changing the game? I understand some rules 
why they've come in, not VAR, but some rules, why they've come in. I understand, you know, it does help the flow of the game, etc., etc. But this blue card thing is going to completely destroy the game because it's just going to create time wasting, putting people behind the ball. I mean, but and, 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 and even rest are saying, well, we've, we've already got a system in place, a yellow card, you know, is a, is a booking for an offence. And if they commit a similar, the same offence, they're going to get sent off. So we've already got this. So why do we need a blue card? But anyway, that's another story. Um, so Santiago Bueno against Spurs, not for me now. Chelsea, um, Santiago Bueno in for Dawson. And um, what do you think of the uh, the blue card? Um, for the first one, no, I'd keep the lineup the same. I think the Spurs game is a bit too big of a game, and I think it's too much responsibility. I think if Lamina and Gomez in front are working really hard and putting interceptions in, maybe you can bring them in. But absolutely, I think just because you have one off game doesn't mean you change the system. They play together, they know they're a team, they know their unit, and you shouldn't be chopping and changing, especially when you've got a big game. So if he has two or three bad games in a row, then consider it, but we shouldn't be changing the team. We've had one bad game and been playing really well. The blue card to me is ridiculous. We don't need it. I don't see the point of it. It seems like the blue card's been introduced because referees are losing control of the game because of VAR, and now they're bringing even much more subjectivity into the game. So what one person thinks is being rude is someone else's reaction. And to me, what makes football different from a sport is passion. And just because a player reacts doesn't mean they're being dissentful. What, what does dissentful mean? You, you can't have this much subjectivity in a game. Well, I mean, I mean going... last year, uh, Lamina walking up to the ref to uh, say, hello, sir, how are you, was dissent because he got exactly. a yellow card with the third person. It changes week to week. Absolutely. And I think for certain teams... I don't want to suggest that there's favouritism. We can think that personally. Having a blue card to me seems dangerous for certain teams. Certain teams already have a little bit more preference for VAR decisions. And I think a blue card will make it even worse. And you can't tell me that a referee is not going to be impacted by a bigger team going up to them. And the blue card isn't going to solve a problem. The referees need to have more control of the game with what they've got in front of them now. If they're using the blue card, to me, it shows they have a lack of control. And if you're going to start having taking 10 minutes out of a game, that's 10 minutes of defensive work. The game's gone. So the actual flow of the game's going to slow down. It's not going to be beneficial for the league. They might as well start making it into ice hockey, where you have the 10-minute game and everyone's going straight into the attacking board. It's not going to work. I don't like this Americanization of the game. Keep the blue card out of it. The yellow and red is clear enough and keep how it is. It's not going to be beneficial. At some point, right, we're going to be leaving games at half past five on a Saturday because we've had to wait for decisions. And and they wonder why players are tired because they're out on the pitch longer than they've ever been out there. Well, sometimes the decisions take that long. long. They have to get the cones out again to warm up. It's like it's ridiculous. Even you're at the game, though, you couldn't... We didn't even know at home what was going on. And we were thinking, why was this one checked? But why isn't this Wolves one checked? 
that's yeah. enough subjectivity we don't need the inconsistency of it all which VAR was brought in to stop and it just made it a lot worse so why they're tinkering about with it now with this blue card system is absolutely beyond me I don't and it, the referees take use two yellow cards randomly at the same player they don't need a blue card they're going to get confused <laughs> there's too many cards they're going to forget to bring them out so let alone that I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well done. Uh, Lucas, um, same question to you about Santiago Bueno and Dawson uh, to get your take on it. Um, if Sutty was on here, Sutty would um, mm-hmm. would very strongly suggest that Santiago Bueno should start because he's feel, he worries that Dawson is going to get caught out on that big pitch at Tottenham. Um, but Jason quite rightly does argue that you know he's got experience, he's played there, he's you know he, he's all about position and stuff. But he, he did have a bad game, and obviously, I would be interested as a younger you know fan as well the blue card thing what's your take on that as well so Santiago Bueno for Dawson and the blue card your thoughts I think I would start um, Santiago Bueno over uh, Dawson because of how quick they have their strikers as they have Richarlison they would have Son starting uh, they would have um, Werner they have too much pace uh, for Dawson I understand about the experience but it's too much pace for him because of because then it would go to a basically a four four two because Dawson would get took out of position and um it would be Samedo, Kilman and Totti and Ain't Nori if Ain't Nori starts. And I think with this sin bin, um I think it's stupid because if a goalkeeper gets sent off, um they have to get substitutions off. Uh, that I went today. So you've got Jose got um Sinbin. Could have an outfield player putting goal, so no uh, Dan Bailey getting put in goal. Um, so I just think it's due because uh, then um, the goalkeepers are just going to time waste and there's going to be more added time, and then it's going to be stupid and it's just lost control for referees. Because if they don't think it's worthy of a yellow card, they shouldn't be given a yellow, it should just be a talking to. Well said, yeah. So, I mean, that that's something that's gonna that's definitely gonna roll on. Um, I think it'll be very interesting uh, to see the the team that um, he does pick um, for Tottenham at the weekend. I, I, I've had a, a really good chat today with my good friend, uh, Tottenham fan, uh, Chris Cowling. He's got a fantastic Tottenham channel. Uh, I've done an interview with him, which will go out on the channel on Wednesday. Um, but part of the thing that he was talking about is that and Popsicle, I call him Popsicle just for a laugh, Popsicle because of his name. But Angeball, 
he was saying that Ange doesn't change the way that Tottenham play no matter what. He sticks to the system. He plays the same way, very front foot. And I think it's a game, before we get on to the, uh, the performance rate and, and all that for the thing, I think it's, it, it's an interesting one of styles because we know that Gary O'Neill will tweak and loves to know how the opposition are going to play because he loves to come up with a plan to beat it. And um, without doubt, he knows exactly how Tottenham are going to set up, exactly how they're going to play. So it's, I think it's going to be an interesting game, this one against Tottenham at the weekend, on how we play against Tottenham. Now, we have this same problem with Wolves over the last two or three years, breaking a team down that sits that sits back against us. And that's the teams we always like. Sheffield United, we lost Huddersfield twice. We see it all the time, don't we, with, you know, Brentford. But a team like Tottenham, a team like Chelsea, a team like United and stuff like that, they are more confident in their ability to score goals that they open up. And then that creates problems for, for the opposition because we can exploit that space as we did superbly well against Chelsea. Um so I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, the midfield as well, Jason. I mean, what? what how would you approach this game against Tottenham at the weekend? Well, listen, I think Lamina and Gomez have been brilliant. And, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it now that I don't think we've really missed Neves in terms of how these guys have stepped up and stepped in and seem to be playing for Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill is giving them so much belief at the minute. Um, you know, we, we, I still think we... Maybe like that attacking midfielder, one that likes to break forward and, you know, break through the middle and score goals. But I think they're, they're doing an unbelievable job. So I'd definitely stick with them too in the middle of the park. Um, and w with the with the attacking wing-backs as well, in Samedo and Aitnori, once again, Aitnori, he was wrote off by um, Lopetegui and he's done an unbelievable job. And he, he's, a, he's one we've really got to... Really well, he's fantastic. Really. The only thing that let him down at the weekend was his crossing, he just over egged yeah. the crosses a couple of times. But if he gets no. that right, it's fantastic. I agree 100%. You know, his distribution actually wasn't great at the weekend, but what a player he is when he breaks forward. He's exciting to watch, and um, the way he brings other players into play. Um, one player that, that does disappoint me now and again, and I don't want to like single or nega player out, but. Um, Totti can sometimes be very one-footed for me. And you've seen so many times in the last game when Dawson didn't feel too confident in passing to him, where he'd gone to look and then he'd, he'd gone the other way pretty much every time. Um, I'm not, I don't mean to single him out because he's been a good player. He's just earned a, a five-year deal. But he's one at the back for me, which I do worry about. I'll be more, I'm more worried with Totti than I am with Dawson. Interesting, interesting. Um, Lucas... Midfield, because obviously Joe Gomez, great player, he won the ball um, back to help create a goal against Chelsea. But I do think it's been a bit harsh on Tommy Doyle, personally, who's, I think, been probably our best player whilst Gomez was out. I mean, what what's your take on the midfield? Because the thing I like about Tommy Doyle is that he's always looking for a forward pass all the time. He's looking to move it forward quickly. All yeah. the time, he rarely loses the ball. Where Joe Gomez is more of a more of a ball winning midfielder. Where you know, what's what's your take for for the weekend? I'd keep the midfielder saying, um, Ed Norrie, Samedo, 
uh, Lamina and Gomez. I'd keep that midfield because then if we're getting uh, destroyed by Tottenham, we can bring Tommy Doyle on to um, do some uh, free balls uh, to beat Spurs' um, high line that uh, quick strikers. So if we just bring, if we are getting uh, beat, we can just bring him on and just do some free balls and um, we can try and get some goals, but depending on how many goals we are losing by. Well, yeah, see, Lucas, I'd say that's kind of reactive. Um, you know, I mean, fair, fair point, but do you not want to have Tommy Doyle on from the start to take advantage of that high line with the front balls and actually take the lead and get in front and take the game away from Tottenham? Because that comes back to us being behind again and trying to play catch-up, which is something that's a problem. You know, we want to get in front, take the lead, take the game away. Um is there an argument to play all three, Lamina, Gomez and Tommy Doyle in a system against Tottenham? I think um, playing the three would be difficult because then one of the strikers would have to miss out, which would be Cunha, Wang or Neto or even Sarabia. So either them four would have to miss out unless um, you put uh, Wang for Dawson, uh, if you do want to drop Dawson. Um, but I would just bring... If we are losing, um, we can bring Tommy Doyle on. He's that option. But like you said, if you would like to put the game early on, I think we have the players to do it against their high line because I think their fullbacks at the minute is Poro and I can't remember the other one. I don't think, uh, I think Neto's quicker than both of them. So if Neto keeps changing size like sometimes he does, I think we'll be putting it two or three in another way if we do want to play that way. Interesting. Chelsea, your thoughts on that before we move on? Um, for me, I would keep it the same because on a personal note, Doyle, watching the last two games, I, I know we say that he's forward thinking. The last few, I've seen him doing it more sideways and not being as positive as he could be. And I think maybe because he's coming on, I don't think Doyle is an impact sub. He shouldn't be coming on mid-game, whereas Gomez could. So I think if you're going to play Doyle, I'd start with him so he can set the tone of the game, try and be at the creative player. But I don't think when he came on the other, the other game against Brentford, he had a positive impact. So I know he had a bit of a bad game. He had a poor game with some shots going and maybe it was just an off one. But I don't think Doyle's right to bring on halfway. I think um, Lamina or Gomez can intercept. So I think having one of them by Doyle were complimenting quite well. But I would start with Doyle, not bring him on, because I don't think that Ben helped Wolves at all. And I think he put us on the back foot. Because after... Um, Ivan Tony scored, we didn't look like we were going to score again. We looked deflated. And I think that was representing the midfield and especially Doyle. It was a lot backwards. It was a lot side to side. I don't think he pushed the team forward. That's a smart, that's my opinion. I don't think he's as forward thinking as, he, as some people do think he is. Very good points at uh, Rice at all. The one thing that is interesting is that I think our primarily our front three is Kuna, Wang, and Neto, and it's, we do see Gary O'Neill does seem to be very unlucky that he can't seem to play our first three. Neto out injured. Okay, Neto's come back. Wang's gone to the Asia Cup. Wang's come back, and then Kuda's now got injured. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard any uh, anything on Kuna. Uh, on the injury front. Don't know if you've heard anything, Lucas. 
No, I haven't heard anything. No. We haven't really. The club haven't said yet. So, I mean, he went off. They're hoping it's not too serious. If it is a hamstring, even if it's a minor one, it could still be out for a little while. So, you know, he carried on a little bit after he pulled up. But I do feel it's such a shame because, like, we just can't seem to get Kuna, Wang and Neto on the pitch at the same time, can we, Jason? No, you're quite right, Dave. <clears throat> and they all obviously offer so much moving forward. And, and, and that's a, a great point you made about Tommy Doyle because does he really deserve to be left out? No, he doesn't. But it just shows the strength of Lamina and Gomez. And it's a nice problem for Gary O'Neill to have. Um, but Tommy Doyle, he's probably that attacking midfielder as well. You know, he's the one that likes to get forward. But yeah, um, Cunha, Neto and Huang, there is going to be a point where they're all going to be playing. They're all going to be on form, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Jason Walks, I've got you very, very quickly. Yeah. Your man of the match for the weekend, your performance rating and your highlight of the day before we get on to so, the quiz. Although I've bleated on about the possession, um, the, it, it still wasn't a, a great... I didn't think we played badly, like I said, but yeah. we let ourselves down. So for that, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Um, player of the match for me, Gomez. I just thought he was, he was brilliant. You know, he looks for me better and better every game. Um, you know, the fact we're not missing, like I said, Nevers in midfield with you now we've got Gomez is, is huge. Uh, highlight of the match, obviously, there wasn't much to pick from. So, what I will go for is Nathan Fraser because it's always nice to see a young homegrown player coming through. So, let's just hope he starts scoring some goals um, and, and getting better and stronger. Fantastic. Same to you, Lucas. I think performance rating five out of five, uh, no, five and a half out of ten, uh, just for the first half, um, just slacked it a bit. I think uh, man of the match, Jair Gomez. I think um, performance of the day, no, um, I've lost my life. Highlight. <laughs> Highlight of the day, uh, it's um, seeing Nathan Trader go on, so same as um, Jason. And to you, Chelsea. Um, I agree with the boys. I think 5.5 5 is fair. I think the second half demonstrated Wolves being a lot more positive, but the first half kind of let them down a little bit. I think for me, I think we're going for kind of a similar thread of the midfield, but I was really impressed with Lamina again. He really sets the tone and his interceptions are really important. I think it can go head to head with Gomez. I think for my highlight, of course, seeing Fraser is brilliant, um, but to go and try and be a bit different with my choice. I think I would say... Seeing Neto back and being really positive and not feeling like he's going to get injured again. He's starting to find his foot, he's finding his pace, creativity's coming back. And I'm sure that his clinical aspect of his game will come with more games that he plays. I'm just so happy seeing Neto back in the team because when we don't have Cunha and Neto, it's really hard to deal with. But I think as long as we have one of them, then we have a, we can be a bit more positive moving forward. So just keep fingers crossed that Neto remains fit. Absolutely well said. So, guys, this is the opportunity for you guys in the chat. If you've got a question directly for uh, the Lord Wolves Premier himself, Jason, Lucas, Who's the others? Pick on the others. any direct questions for the thing, you've got the next couple of minutes to do that before we get on the quiz. But whilst we wait for any questions that you might have, um, score prediction for... For Tottenham at the weekend, Jason? 4 0 Spurs. Spurs win. Batter us. No. Um, I'm going to go for. <laughs> it's going to be a difficult game, isn't it, Dave? So, do I want to back against Wolves? Not really, but I think it's going to be 2 1 Spurs. They are, a, they are a good team, aren't they? And that, that 
Ange Popsicle Man, as you call him. Okay, I'll just call him Ange Popsicle because he, he's, he's really got on playing, hasn't he, Dave? And they're all playing for him. And yeah, I, I, I don't, I, obviously, I don't want Wolves to lose, but I've got to be realistic as well. Spurs are a good team, and I don't want there to be a massive meltdown on Twitter. To open your phone and like people are like suicidal because we've lost to Spurs. You know, one of the best teams in the country, and they're just like going crazy and putting stupid things. Just you know, if it affects you that bad, put your phone down. Next, you've told them, Jason Lucas. I have to go two one wolves. Uh, explain the reason behind that. I just feel like we're gonna. I'd have a good beat that. We're going to take our chances. And I feel like um, it'll come from another set piece from our Spurs that we're going to concede. I'd feel like we'll be taking our um, we'll take our chances. Fantastic. And Chelsea? Um, I agree with Lucas. I think 2-1's fair. I think compared to the Brentford game where they could kind of, kind of sit back a bit more, um, Spurs are a very confident team and they're going to push forward, which is going to leave more gaps. And I think Wolves are going to be more proactive in that one. I think we've got a lot of pace. I mean, yes, Spurs have a lot of pace, but I think Wolves aren't doing too bad to there. So I think 2-1 positive. I'll take a draw, but 2-1, let's be positive for Wolves. I like it. Um, Bobby Smith has a question for Jason. Apart from uh, Paul Doherty, which are the two players that have, have played with both Hibbert and Ball is asking? This okay. isn't part of the penalty shootout quiz, but, you know. Now uh, I am going to say, I'm going to say, uh, Andy Much and Jeff Palmer. Let us know, uh, Bobby, if the answer to that is correct. Um, Ashley Johnson wants to know Does any of uh, you guys think the fans were a bit flat with the players on Saturday? Do we need to take a look at us apart from other performance affected the fans? Quite an unusual. Um, I think maybe the way we started the game, I think um, maybe the proactiveness of the players kind of reflected on the fans a little bit. I, I think Wolves fans are always really good, but I think how the players play on the pitch sometimes can affect the fans' reaction. But no, I think Wolves fans are always really good on the I, whole. Sorry to interrupt. Barry Powell's one of them. Sorry, I've just Barry Powell's one of them. Barry Powell and Jeff Palmer. Sorry, sorry, carry on. Barry Powell and Crestwell. Yeah, no, I think we've talked about this. I think the fans have been magnificent this year, um, you know, home and away uh, for Wolves. And, it's, you know, since we started playing more attacking football and not going to side to side and seeing ball fests and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think, I do think, though, when if the team starts flat, it does affect the fans nervously because you can see it and you're like, oh, my God, passes go astray. It's hard to get them. But, the Wolves fans did react to um, to lift the team, and especially in the second half, incredibly loud when we were on the front front foot. So uh, yeah, I mean, Sutty's not very confident. Look, he's going for a three nil. I feel we'll get rid of Pace. He hopes he's completely wrong. Bobby Smith says the answer is Barry Powell and Wayne Clark came back Wayne on loan Clark, for one game. It was in nineteen ninety four against Southend away. And Wayne Clark started and he was on loan to us from Man City and he punctured his lung after 20 minutes. Yeah, so 19 right, minutes. There you go. There we go. So, well done, uh, Bobby. Good question, that. Very good question. So, um, ladies get to, to choose first. Did Chelsea, for the penalty shootout, do you want to go 
first, second, or third? First. Lucas, second or third? I'll go third. So, Can I go second, Dave, please? I'll tell you what, Jason. Yes, you can. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Glad right. I got to choose. Chelsea, this is all about debuts. All right. The penalty, you put the ball down. In which Wolves player scored a hat-trick on his home debut in 1967? I'm sure you'll remember this one. Was Give it, her a chance, Dave. I know, I know. Was it Derek Dugan, Mike Bailey, Kenny Hibbett or Dave Wagstaff? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You're going to go what, eh? Uh, I'm not, I, I said, um, I mean... All oh, right, okay. Rolling head thinking. Can I please hear the options one more time? Yes, you can. Thank you. A, no, Derek the Doom Dugan. B, Mike Bailey. C, Kenny Hibbett. Or D, Dave Wagstaff. Derek Dugan, Mike Bailey, Kenny Hibbett, or Dave Wagstaffs. I honestly do not know. This is complete and not a guess. I'm going to oh. go for Wagstaff. That's my guess. You're going for Dave Wagstaff, but you've hit it over the stand. It's it's Derek Dugan. But never mind. <laughs> oh, Jason. Which, okay, give me an easy one. Which two players played with both Steve Bull and... No, it's not... Uh, make sure you're smashing these likes, guys. Make sure you're smashing these likes. So, in which year did Derek Parkin, Wolves' most cap player, make his debut for the club? Was it 1967, 68, 69 or 70? I'm going to go for uh, 69. You're going for 69? Yeah. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Is that your final answer? No. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, actually, now 68. I'm sorry, I've taken your final answer. It is actually <laughs> 1968, but you did give me 69. So, unfortunately, I did say, and I put the reaction on it, so it does not count. You've just you've hit the post. VAR has said the ball has not gone over the line. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately... Unfortunately, no. Lucas, which Wolves player scored on his debut in September 1979 against the club he would eventually move to after leaving Wolves four years later? Was it Emily News, Mel Eves, Andy Gray or Willie Carr? Emily News, 1979. Emily News, Mel Eves, Andy Gray or Willie Carr? Yeah, Andy Gray. You're going for Andy Gray? Yeah. Is your granddad in the background? Yes! <laughs> Is your, gr your granddad right? sitting the other side of your computer, Lucas? Hey. <laughs> Correct answer. So Lucas, Lucas, his answer is going to VAR because his granddad's in the room. <laughs> hey, Lucas, Jim's not there, is he? Uh, not today. No, no. <laughs> okay. So that's correct, Lucas. You've got one out of three. So back to you, Chelsea. Steve Bull scored on his England debut in May 1989 against which team? Was it Wales, Scotland, Ireland, or Tunisia? 
Can you read that question again for me, please? Steve Paul scored on his England debut in May 1989 against which team? Was it Wales, Scotland, Ireland or Tunisia? Uh, Scotland? You're going with Scotland? Yeah. Is that well positive? Well done. You got it right. Fantastic. Like I feel the pressure. It was a great goal because he, he literally one touch brought it down, second touch, bang, back of the net. Fantastic. Right, Jason. Here we go. To get on the ball. In, in the 1932 season. How did you know? No, in what year did my Stowell, Wolves most cap player make his uh, most most cap goalkeeper make his debut for the club was it 87 88 89 or 90 89 you're going with 1989 are you mate are you sure well it doesn't matter because if i change my mind you won't give me no i'm before i'm saying i'm giving you exactly final answer (laughs) exactly final Um, answer do you know what? I, I can't remember if he was on loan before. I think he was. So I'm going to go 87. You go 1987. Is yeah. that your final answer? Well, it's got to be, hasn't it, Dave? <laughs> yes or no? Yes, 87. No, you. it was 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you got it. You, you if you'd have stuck with your first answer, you would have actually got it correct. So this, it did. Uh, you know, the keeper sitting on his deck chair. You know, you when know, Chelsea said Scotland, why, why didn't you say? Are you sure, Chelsea? But no, Chelsea went Scotland. You went, yeah, well done, Chelsea. I did. I did. Put say, the seed I did of into a mind. Listen, you're nil out of two. Unfortunately, um, Lucas. Which Wolf player scored a hat-trick on his debut in an away game against Birmingham City in 1992? Was it David Kelly? Was it Paul Cook? Was it Paul Birch? Or was it Darren Roberts? David Kelly, Paul Cook, Paul Birch or Darren Roberts? And you know this, don't you, Jason? I know everyone that you haven't asked me, Dave. Well, you did ask to go second. <laughs> yeah, good point, <laughs> Lucas. I need to, I need to hurry you for an answer. Paul Cook. You're going with Paul Cook. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It's your final answer. Yeah. It's, it's, inc- it's incorrect. Unfortunately, it was Darren Roberts. The keepers easily saved that. So Chelsea to take the lead. Which Wolves player, age seventeen, scored twice on his debut in an away game against Norwich City? Was it Steve Corica, Robbie Keane, uh, Kevin Muscat, or George Endar? Can you say the names one more time? Yeah, which Wolves player, aged just 17, I remember this well, I was on a, I was going to pick up some brasses from Entry Lemma, listening to I beg your pardon. 
down on the south coast. Which Wolves player, age 17, scored twice on his debut in an away game against Norwich City in August 19, 1997? Steve Corica, Robbie Keane, Kevin Muscat or George N. Dar? Is it Robbie Keane? You can, you're going for Robbie Keane. Is that your final answer? Yes, because I'm not going to be switched. Yes. That is your definite final answer? 100%. Correct answer. <laughs> Jason can't beat you now. Luke, I can't win by the sound of it. Right, Jason, you need to get this correct, otherwise it's going to be an embarrassing zero out of three. Go on then, you. Dave. Get, get me the hardest question you can. I'll ju just read you the next question. It's how they fall. Which Wolves player scored on his debut away from home and then scored on a hat-trick on his own debut in the following game? Was it Kelly, Kenny Miller? Was it Dean Sturridge? Was it Alex Ray? Or was it Sean Newton? Dean Sturridge. Is that your final answer? Yes, yes, Dave. That is my final answer. I'm not going to change Look it. Into my eyes. <laughs> is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> you sure? I'm sure. If you say Kenny yes! Miller, yes. <laughs> He's got one. He's got one. So, Lucas, to take this to a sudden death penalty shootout with your arch nemesis, Chelsea, you need to get this correct. You know he doesn't. <laughs> Which Wolves player, a record signing at the time, scored on his Wolves debut against Everton in August 2018? Was it... Johnny, was it Raul Jimenez? Was it Joe Martino? Or was it Diogo Jota? Raul Jimenez. You're going Raul Jimenez? It's confident. Yeah. Correct answer. Correct answer. Okay. Here we go then. So, um, ooh, do, 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 do. we move on, don't we? I do. Right, transfer records, Chelsea. In July 2023, Wolves sold Ruben Neves for a reported £47 million, a club record at the time. To which club did they sell him? Was it A, Al-Hilal? Was it B, Al-Itihad? Was it C, Al-Nasser? Or was it A, D, Altai? Can you say the options one more time, please? Al-Hilal, Al-Itihad, Al-Nasser, Al-Tai. I think <laughs> Al-Hilal. You're going, is that your final answer? Yes, and Lucas is saying yes, so I'm going to guess it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lucas, correct. That's not, Lucas, that's, not a good, that's not a good poker face, Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> In August 2022, Wolves bought Mateus Nunes for a reported 38 million, a club record at the time. Which club did they buy him from? Was it Sporting? Was it Estoril? Was it Sevilla? Or was it Barcelona? Sporting. Final answer? Yeah. Correct answer. So it goes on. 
to the next uh, round of sudden death. Kelsey. I've got work tomorrow, Dave. Yeah, well, you, you're ref. You could just, you're just, you know, last place. I'm joking. So you just, I mean, you're, I mean, you're like the water boy. You just got to sit on the water bucket and just I'm literally. Like the fourth official, aren't I? You're the fourth <laughs> official. In July 20, 2019, Wolves bought Raul Jimenez for reported 32 million, a club record at the time. Which club did they buy him from? Was it Porto, Benfica, Sporting, or Atletico Madrid? Can you say the options one more time? Please. Sporting, uh, sorry, Porto, Benfica, Sporting, or Atletico Madrid? Benfica. Benfica. Yeah. Are you sure? I think so. Are you <laughs> Look sure? Look at his face now. That a yes? Yeah. No? Yeah. Correct. It's so. <laughs> it goes on. I can't get any more right than this. This is too many. I know. What's going on? In January 2017, Wolves bought a player for more than £10 million for the first time at Lucas. Was it Helder Costa, Ivan Calvillero, our Dharma Traore or Ruben Neves? 2019, did you say? 2017. Oh, 2017. Helder Costa. You're going for Helder Costa? Yeah. It is the correct answer. Well done. <laughs> Crikey. It goes on further. In August 1999, Wolves sold Robbie Keane for a reported 8.1 million Chelsea, a club record at the time. Which club did they sell him to? Was it Inter Milan? Was it Leeds United? Was it Tottenham Hotspur? Or was it Coventry City? Coventry City. Oh, my God. She's, she's, you're, she's on fire, literally. Literally on fire. Right, Lucas, September 1979, Wolves bought a player for more than one million for the first time. Was it Emily News? Was it Mel Eves? Was it Andy Gray or was it Paul Bradshaw? I'm going to go with Mel Eves. You're going for the myth, the man, the legend. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Unfortunately, it is wrong. Jason. Andy Gray. Andy Gray. And that means that the winner of this won. week's quiz is Chelsea. You're the winner. Congratulations. Well done. Well done, guys. Everyone give a round of that was an epic battle. I mean, I know you just had to sit and watch there, Jason. I'm sorry, but you're top. Josh Woodley Jason, Jason's, Jason's on VAR. <laughs> so, you know, people clapping there. Fantastic. Guys, it's been a brilliant show. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed it, smash a like. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. I do want to say again a big thank you, of course, to Creation Wolf um, for powering the show. It would be great if you could join us as subscribers and hopefully load more content coming up over the year. Uh, the next week. Jason has unfortunately worn that retro top and it's not been lucky for you, mate, unfortunately. We've lost in it again. We've lost in it again, but he has got plenty, so he will be back 
Uh, and until the next one, from all of us to all of you, always wolves. Always wolves. Always wolves. Always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.